0: Calling all aspiring artists, from photographers to filmmakers, yodelers to yarn bombers, we want to share your creative responses to our next show, Shakespeare's Henry V in April. We want to give you a platform and a stimulus to get creative again after such a difficult year. The plan is to feature some of these submissions in the actual show, and showcase all submissions in an online gallery. For more details and to get involved with your imaginary forces, visit the Henry V page of the GSC website. Submission deadline, 26th of March 2021. Hi there, thanks for joining us. This is The Green Room with Guilford Shakespeare Company. This podcast from the award-winning Guilford Shakespeare Company features chats with actors and members of the artistic teams, talks on Shakespeare's themes, interviews with leading figures or might well, just catch up on a bit of backstage gossip. The Green Room with Guilford Shakespeare Company is your gateway to getting more from going to the theatre. The Boiler Room is a community hub at the centre of Guildford's cultural scene that has provided Guildford and the surrounding areas a diverse programme of live music for over a decade. Founded in 2006, The Boiler Room is perhaps best known for its live music gigs, having hosted artists including Ed Sheeran, Foles, First Aid Kit, Catfish and the Bottlemen, The 1975, Lucy Rose and Wolf Alice. But they reach much further than just the music community and they also host events such as Drink and Draw Nights. The venue is also home to five artist studios that include jewelers, tattooists, fine artists, music software programmers, and a hack space. I'm so excited to say that today I'm joined by the director and founder of The Boiler Room, Dominique Fraser. Dominique was included in We Got Tickets Indie 50 2017, which celebrates the unsung heroes of the UK's independent music scene. In 2018, Steve Lemack started independent venue week with a live broadcast in the boiler room and in 2018 the venue won music week's spirit of the scene award. Dominique is renowned for her commitment to booking an eclectic programme of emerging national and international musicians as well as spearheading creative and well-being workshops that support and benefit the local community in Guildford. Dominique welcome to the green room.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me uh, on today to have a chat with you I'm looking forward to it.
0: Not at all. Um, so I wanted to start maybe right at the very beginning with you if that's all right Um, and I'd love to sort of know um, where all this like passion for live music came from where did it all start what was it sort of what is it about live music that actually does it for you Hmm.
1: so I was really lucky I grew up in a family that we were surrounded by music so my granddad um used to play uh, the organ at uh, the local working men's club, uh, Woking mm. working men's club on a Thursday. Um, and I'd go with him when I was younger and I'd do the waltz with all the, the oldies. I'd be kind of farmed out and, <laughs> and then I'd have a dance with all of them. Yeah. Um, we always had a piano in the house. Um, my mom's a folk musician and an artist. so you know, while other children had uh, stories, my mom would sing John Denver to me with a harmonica went to send me off to sleep or Joni Mitchell. uh, um, And then my older sister plays the harp as well. And my mom plays the fiddle. And and so I guess it's just always, music's always been there and it's got me through um, wonderful times. It's got me through really sad times. Uh, When I've been angry, I've turned to music. Um, It's just always, been a consistency in in my life and not just music really just create the creative arts in in general actually And um, whether that's uh dancing uh, performing in theater um painting uh so yeah it's it's in it's in my blood really i think mm. um and i guess from from there i met my husband through music as well and um he's an artist and a producer so it's um yeah, I'm, I feel really blessed that it's just very much a big, a big part of my life and my family's life. So, I guess that so that's really what it does for mm. me. And it kind of accompanied me throughout my adolescence and then into my adult life. And um, you know, I used to put on events when I was at uni, um, and I've always attended events. And then the progression of that was. To work in music, um, so I worked for a music magazine, um, and then from there, eventually, I started the Boiler Room, and that was in two thousand and six.
0: Mm, amazing, and I suppose I mean you've like captured that joy of music, and I suppose joy of like the the creative, you know, arts. Let's call them all kind of like art as a as a broad spectrum. Um, and but I think it's important to say as well, despite that, that like they're very difficult things to turn in from loves into practical like working practices working careers Um, not to put anybody off by any means but you know it's not a it's not a straightforward path um, and so yeah maybe you could talk to us a little bit about that about the the kind of initiation of, of the boiler room specifically and I suppose was it a natural progression from doing the kind of music magazine sort of things into um, that more event producing or or did it seem like a big leap of faith at the time?
1: Yeah, I think there, there is always um, the challenge when you're an artist to, um, to look at your art form and to, to also be a business person as well. And I think all artists struggle with, with those two areas of their, of their kind of creative existence. Um, for me especially, whereas I have a, a family full of artists, I'm very much more um, a facilitator. So I do play instruments, but I prefer to organize (laughs) Mm. and and see other people's reactions when they're enjoying uh, music or whatever art form it is. Um, So yeah, for me, I think it it is really challenging. I know so many artists who struggle um, to be able to, especially I think in this day and age with um, so much uh, kind of outside influence on everything that we do, I think it is really challenging to uh, remain a purist when it comes to what you do. Um, But for me, I guess, uh, moving on from being a promoter to then deciding to open my own venue, it was very much, I realized I was working in other spaces and really I wanted my own space because I was frustrated in the other spaces I was in that certain things weren't the way that I wanted them to be. So it was a sort of natural progression from promoting in, uh, you know, I used to promote in uh, Oxford, in Southampton, in London, in, um, and in Guildford. And because my family are based in, in Guildford, uh, it was just, it was yeah, it was very much a natural progression that a space became available that I thought I could do something with. And, um, and that was a, an old Victorian pub called The Elm Tree. And, Um, At the time, yeah, it was very much an old pub and we've spent the last, probably the last 15 years that we've been there slowly working with the bricks and mortar to to reach our, you know, maximum capacity, but to also kind of encourage it to grow as a a cultural space as well. and yeah, and I, and I feel really proud of the team that I'm part of. And, the, you know, as you said in your intro, you know, all of the, the creative people we can and the creative startups that we facilitate within that space.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I suppose in that, in that moment of initiation of the venue, um, you mentioned that, you know, you had a base in Guildford despite working in these other cities around the UK. Did you recognize a need for? A cultural venue like the boiler room in Guildford? Was that partially it as well as the the desire to um have a space where you could do your own thing and kind of like provide that thing you knew people wanted. Um yeah, did you think there was a need for for a venue like that?
1: Yeah, I think growing up in Guildford as a kind of angst ridden teenager, <laughs> you know, I was I was kind of angry and I felt <laughs> I <it> was <laughs> There was, you know, other than the music I listened to in my room, there was no real um, sort of channel for me. And, you know, I went to the Joan Bond School of Dancing in Guildford when I was younger. And, uh, you know, my degree was in theatre and dance. But I just I just kind of felt very much that um, Guildford had this rich cultural history of having uh, artists and, and, you know, like stranglers and um, and we'd lost the Civic Hall, and we only had the Star, which is a quite a small back room of a pub, um, mm-hmm. and I used to promote there. And I suppose it was kind of selfish, too, because I'm probably mildly agoraphobic, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, um, you know, it was kind of easy, uh, because I have a daughter as well. I was uh, really blessed to, have, um, to have, I have a 23-year-old. So I had a small, uh, you know, when I was sort of 1920, I had a one-year-old child and I was a single parent. So I wanted to stay close to my family because they really supported me with my daughter and it really enabled me to um, to really, I suppose, uh, realize the ambitions that I had. Um, I think it's really easy when you are a young single parent to, um, you know, there's an assumption possibly maybe placed on you that you're going to be part of a system you know and it's very hard to get out of that or that those labels and i was really lucky that i managed to continue with my education and i also continued to
0: to you know reach for for all the things i wanted to do so talking about buildings then um obviously it's about a year ago now i think that the first kind of lockdown happened in the uk um live venues had to close down because of the pandemic and ever since it's been an admittedly mainly one-sided game of cat and mouse with the prospect of opening up again. Um, I suppose if you don't mind talking about it, um, how did that initial closing down of the building, of the venue um, affect you and the team at The ballroom? Room?
1: Mm, I, I remember it really vividly actually. We, uh, it was March, first. I think it was the first week of March, we started to get the feeling that um, it, things were closing in, uh, you know, it started to become, mm. you know, something that you've maybe listened to in the news stories but hadn't necessarily really taken on board, suddenly became very real. And it, our last event was March the 17th. Um, we were at one of the first first kind of wave of places, I think, to close. And immediately as we closed, we set up a crowdfunder within within days. Um, And one of the first, I think, again, grassroots music venues to to do that because I just knew in my mind, you know, having run the space for 15 years, I knew what went out in costs and I knew how we needed to cover that. And that wasn't going to happen. Um, At that time, there weren't any uh, announcements of any support from from the government. So it it was very much uh, taking stock. Of, of you know what we would do, and um, I'm lucky at the venue that I I run it with my sister Lydia. So as as a family um, family business, we mm. we have always and will always be in a bubble together. She lives like a few houses away from me as well. Oh. <laughs> um, so I you know um, we're, there's only three of us that are full time. We went from being a five person team to being three, and then obviously mm. as as everything progressed and we were aware of furlough. Thankfully, we were able to put all of the staff on furlough, which meant for me looking after my crew. My, you know, we're like a family. I'm sure it's the same for you. We work together. But when you work in the creative industries, it's, it's more than just a job. It's a, it's a lifestyle choice, really. Um, so I'm glad that we've been able to look after our crew. And then once the dust settled, we, you know, we're creative. So we're like, okay. This is, this is here to stay, what should we do? <laughs> well, like we can't just sit, sit at home. So from there we started um, doing our sort of well-being um, events that we started online. We did um, working with Solid Gold Fitness. We put out some aerobics <laughs> um, uh, Amazing. As well. Amazing. <laughs> we did our isolation inspiration interviews with artists and that that went down really well. That was a really interesting series of um, Of kind of socials that we did. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I suppose we just started working within the, the, the boundaries that we could, you know, making sure that we were COVID secure. And then as a progression of that, we then took on live streaming as well. So we decided to get some cameras and we decided that we would start learning how to um to use you know obs and and what what our options were for broadcasting and making sure that we were safe and we were compliant. and then, yeah, so from that 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 point we then did uh, independent venue week, um, which was at the beginning of this year. We ran a really nice series mm-hmm. of interviews actually at the end of last year with local businesses. We ran twelve interviews with a uh, um, local coffee shop, we did canopy coffee, um we worked with the inspiration space, Um, uh, we worked with Tatum's, the uh, cocktail bar they Mm -hmm. came in as well. So we just basically have been using the cameras to bring people in, have a chat, and kind of just stay connected with people for, Mm -hmm. probably for them, but also for for us as well. It's been really nice to feel that uh, we're supported by our our wider family and our customers, and they feel that we're still talking to them
0: definitely and i mean that's sort of the, the 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 um the content that you're producing it, it kind of mid 2020 early 2020 um is all amazing i would recommend yeah people go and check out those isolation inspiration interviews because they are like a lovely look back at it's a very funny particular time wasn't it and i think i don't know i was i was looking at them the other day before this and um they are just a lovely kind of like oh people were quite like in a lovely way buoyed by the community that was being created at the time. And you've got these videos of people in their gardens kind of just talking about their music and talking about themselves and answering silly questions. And, you know, the sun is shining and um, it's remarkable. Obviously it's important to, to kind of like temper that with the situation nationally and globally at the time. But I also do think that if we're talking positively like it was a great time for, as you say, lots of kind of smaller independent organisations or people or kind of units to come together in a way that maybe we hadn't experienced before.
1: Definitely, I think um, being able to connect with people in a different way has been really valuable for us. Most of the time, we, we you know on any given day, we may get up to 100, 150 emails from people looking to perform or to, to collaborate with the venue and what um the pandemic has, has gave us was space which just gave us space mm. and time to to think um uh, you know I'm sure you're aware when you're when you're a small creative business you're, you're almost a bit on a on a hamster wheel sometimes you're you're living it you're in it every day and you don't get that time to just sort of macro your 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 business you don't get the time to to really just sit back and reflect on on everything, and and we have been able to do that, and and really sort of I suppose, um, think about the way that we want to to kind of mould the business as we as we progress. And actually, mm. live streaming was there uh, pre pandemic, but but actually, how, would we have taken it on and really embraced it as we have done? Probably not, because we didn't think we needed to, because our business was already. Mm successful so why would we need to but what the pandemic has shown is that actually for for those that say uh, have accessibility challenges so that they can't get out whether it's a pandemic or not that actually mm-hmm. providing a service and being able to 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 give people a live experience so all of our streams are all live they're not pre-recorded and then then done um, and yeah. and you can kind of tell that to be fair when you <laughs> Live, definitely not pre-recorded. Um, I think it's been it's been a real uh, eye-opener for us as a business, and I think we're really Mm -hmm. going to embrace it moving forward as well. And I think if you do, just keep on keeping on. Eventually, you know, things do come from that. We could have just done nothing. We could have stopped. Yeah. I could have mothballed the venue, and we could have just all stayed at home. But because we haven't, we've just continued to have these kinds of conversations and learned what other people are doing, and we've met new people, and we've 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 really learned from from the experience, really. Yeah? And I've been on Radio Four Front Row at least three times.
0: <laughs> Amazing! What more could you want? <laughs> I,
1: I know exactly how you know. Before this, would I have ever ended up speaking on Radio Four Front Row? Yeah. I, I just, you know, my mom basically, my mom was really proud of me. <laughs>
0: really okay <laughs> <laughs> well that is a huge I know right <laughs> <laughs> oh no that's great i mean yeah um the live the live performances the the broadcast that you're doing are like amazing so the ones that i saw were um as you mentioned the independent venue week mm. ones um and yeah i watched a little bit of never not nothings gig and i was just like it was quite incredible i mean You know, I I wasn't watching it live. I was watching it back. But as you say, it was Mm. streamed live. Um, But despite that, the energy was just like something else. I was like, wow, it really feels like on my little computer screen, like I'm in a gig. And (laughs) it's been such a long time since that. But it's a remarkable, like the power of them really comes through. And and that kind of you talking about, I suppose, resilience broadly Mm. of people within creative industries and specifically within within kind of venues to to stay true to that creative origin that we started talking about, I suppose, in terms of like being, you know, whether we're lucky enough to be brought up in a space or um, kind of were, you know, were amongst certain people to, to garner that creative enthusiasm. Um, that shines through. And it's incredible to see, you know, from an audience perspective as well, the just the pure energy of those performances to really come through and not be not not be tempered by a kind of digital medium in any way.
1: Mm, I'm, I'm really glad you picked up on that performance actually, because um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed learning how to vision mix. Um, the seven cameras that we have, I, I kind yeah. of vision mixing them. And I've seen lots of live streams that have been maybe just one or two cameras that have been locked off and they just go between mm one or the other and uh, and I was really surprised because I thought well why wouldn't you approach a a live stream or something that someone's going to watch in exactly the same way that you would want to see a live performance you know your eyes are looking everywhere and you know so it gives you the opportunity with the live stream to actually have a camera on the side of the drum kit or on the end Mm -hmm. of the microphone so you can kind of see the singer singing at you you know that you know down the microphone into the camera so it's been really fun just really experiment experimenting with that um we've been doing a lot actually with them um, with Guilford Jazz Club as well so they've teamed up with uh, four or five other local jazz clubs as uh Birkenhead Jazz Fleet Jazz uh, Jazz in Reading <laughs> there's like loads of jazz and uh once a month they've been um we've been live streaming from the venue and we've had some amazing performances and again it's been really fun to maybe to see and hear music that we wouldn't necessarily have at the venue and I love jazz but Mm -hmm. for some reason we've just never really facilitated you know had had a lot of um, jazz performed so uh, again as I said before that relationship has really been fostered because of because of what's what's happened Um, and you know and I think it will continue to grow now that they'll have events when we can open again they'll have events at the
0: venue. It's amazing and and I suppose there must be a really nice element as you, as you hinted that of collaboration between you and the artists that you're bringing in on like an artistic level beyond like, oh great, you know, um, come and play on our stage in terms of like the, oh, you know, what do you want this to look like? How do you want to present yourself um, via this live stream to other people? And it's an, inter- I mean, I suppose the comparison that I would make to perhaps theatre audiences who are listening um, is kind of like that I, I feel as though there's been a sh- even more of a shift of like actors doing much more of their own writing mm. over the past year and being like, great, I'm gonna enable myself in this particular way. And I mean it it sounds like it's certainly been the case again to come back to that resilience, but also just to kind of like a multifaceted, like creative endeavor to be like, great, I'm gonna learn this other thing mm. and I'm gonna, you know, um expand my skill set by being able to support myself in this different way as as you guys and you specifically have done with the with the camera system.
1: Yeah, I. Yeah, I would I would suggest as well, actually, that I I think they have probably historically always been or it's always felt like they've been gatekeepers when it comes to certain ways of presenting um, theatre or music you know, uh, with regards to kind of say televised or, or, or certain events. And, it's, and I can imagine it's the same with theatre. And I think what has happened is that with the, with the pandemic has completely um, kind of shifted, whereby artists can now really take their art and present it to anyone, anywhere, at any time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> there are no longer gatekeepers, because if your yeah. art becomes, you know, popular, if that's how you want to kind of define the success of it, if, if you know, if you put something out online, you, you then you've got the power to, uh, to do whatever, you know, do whatever you want with it. And I think that's, I think that's a really good thing, because it means that there aren't a small select amount of people choosing what we
0: see or hear. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Definitely. And I suppose that's part of your endeavor, um, being such a community minded venue within Guildford and having the connections to local artists and, you know, providing people with all of the kind of um, additional events that you do as well that, that reach out to community despite, you know, inviting people to come and play live gigs and stuff that really solidifies the notion that, you know, if you're part of a group of people, or if you you know if you're in contact with this group of people, then yes, the creative spirit that you have within you can be manifested mm-hmm. on a stage, in a video, as a drawing, as a painting, etc. Um, and that seems like a really like powerfully enabling um, thing to be able to provide.
1: Definitely, and I think it, it's even like you said, fostering that creative spirit. But actually, also, I would add that what um, spaces like the Boiler Room does, and, and I think it crosses over into, into theatre as well, and acting, um, is that it also, even if your end goal isn't to, to be an actor or a, an artist, w- what we tend to attract are people that are maybe um, uh, looking at how they want to identify themselves. They're considering who they are, they might be just learning about their identity. And actually we provide them with a safe space to say, that's fine. You can come here and be whomever, whomever. You can explore, you know, and see other people, different kinds of people, and you can, it's okay to just be you in this space. There isn't judgment here. And I think with a lot of people, and it isn't just a young thing, just with a lot lot of people in the high street, as you see it now, traditional high street, full of pubs and bars and clubs, there's a pressure on people. You know, and especially I would say in the suburbs or the regional towns, maybe not so much in, you know, Brighton, London, Bristol, but, you know, those kind of amazing kind of, kind of explosion of creativity and cultural spaces. But definitely, if you're a kid growing up in, in Guildford and you may not fit in with everything else that your friends are into, a place like the Boiler Room will, will be really great for you because, you know, you can come and visit and, and find out a little bit more about yourself. Even if you don't go on to become a, a an artist, if you sort of mean, um, mm. and and I think that's the same. It's the same with with acting. I would say as well, it's the same thing. You work through things, but yes, you're acting. But actually, you're probably working through your own personality, right? You're finding out
0: the yeah. of who you
1: are, et cetera, et cetera.
0: To anybody that's listening, um, who I suppose would love to get engaged with the Boiler Room, um, could you tell us a little bit about? Um, What's going on now for you guys? Because I know, um, obviously, we're recording this at kind of like a week ago, a week and a half ago, the government announced their new roadmap for kind of things gradually reopening, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, so could you talk us, yeah, a little bit about kind of like what you're doing now, what it looks like in the next couple of months, um, and yeah, crucially, how people can get engaged if they feel as though they're in that position where they want to, um, I suppose explore themselves creatively.
1: So, um, coming up this week, actually, um, is uh, International Women's Day. Uh, we've we've kind of decided to go for an International Women Week because who well, hey come on who needs a day? Let's go for a whole week, right? Every day should be International Women's Day. Um, so, we're running running a series of. Um, uh, in-depth conversations with guests. We've also got uh, artists performing as well. That starts on Wednesday with um, a creative circle with a local artist called Erica. Um, and the creative circle provide a space, safe space for people to try out new um, uh, creative endeavours. So we've got one person who is a creative writer who will be speaking some of her work um, and different kinds of performers and then we move on throughout the week to we have some uh, discussion on uh, intersectional feminism, uh, we will have uh, working with the FEM Collective and Four Walls, so we're going to have a really great selection of uh, just discussion points really um, to celebrate International Women's Day which is on Monday the 8th. Um, so we we have that and that will all be on our YouTube and then you can watch again um, <clears throat> if if the time's already been. And then moving forward, I guess for us, we look at possibly outdoor hospitality from April the 12th, um, which is when I believe the guidelines are saying that we may be able to to look at that. And we will receive the outcome of our Arts Council application at the end of March. Um, If if we receive that application, it will help us make a decision on whether we wait until June before we, we open fully again, or whether we do socially distance events. Um, for us, it's a real struggle in the venue because social distance. Really, we're looking at between 20 people and 40 people versus 300, which is our normal capacity. So we may well continue with the live stream program and then consider opening from June. Our diary, actually, from September, we are full from September through to the end of the year. Like full is in. I wish there were like three days for the first and three days because we could book those events over three four times um so Mm. that's really promising for us um and also I suppose a big part of in the same with theatre is getting making sure that the customers feel confident about coming back and that's really I think where we need to to be working and making sure that the processes, uh, you know, that we're safe, that we're, um, you know, are cleaning and that we're, we're just really making sure that people feel comfortable and that the venue is secure. And thankfully, because we've been doing so many live streams, we have a policy in place and we're making sure we're um, cleaning all the touch points over and over again. Um, So yeah, so it's, it's looking really positive. Um, I think the time of year really helps, like you said, you know, last this time last year, it was much easier to to kind of get to grips with everything because everything it was a bit lighter and you know I think everyone has come out of a really tough period and so I just think we need to really support each other our, our wider creative families because we're one of the lucky ones I know lots of freelancers that have fallen through the cracks um and so yeah we're, we're hoping that we can save those people before they go off and retrain in other jobs and yeah. And can't come back. Um, so, so yeah, it's, uh, um, it's a challenge for us all, I think, uh, and that includes, I think, theatres as well. And it's, it's going mm. to be a challenge for us to all get mm. back up and running. But I, I really do believe we're we're going to be there by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and I suppose having the sort of camera system, for example, under your belt, is that something that you're looking to splice alongside um, live events in the future come September as you mentioned does that kind of open up quite a bright possibility for um, access um, for people who aren't necessarily based in Guildford for people who might not be able to come to a venue for someone who um, arriving at a live gig might not actually be the most comfortable thing in the world is that something you're looking at doing alongside the live gigs?
1: Most definitely, I, I think it was um, Hugh Humphreys from the Barbican who said that after the pandemic is hopefully, um, you know, over, that you know, a, a venue say like the Barbican will sell out, but now due to being able to live stream, they have a global audience, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's exactly the same for us as well. There are artists that will perform at the venue, that know someone in this in America might want to watch or you know further afield so it's it really is I think opened um everyone's eyes to the fact that we we can have a much wider audience now we can reach uh you know really anyone anywhere so we're really keen to to develop it there will have to be you know changes because obviously at the moment there's no one in the venue so the cameras can be set up anywhere so it, it when we have a hopefully a full and busy space again uh, they'll just need to be cited in a different way but um i think it's yeah it's i can't wait it's really exciting to think that we can stream it and people can can watch it and like you said you know the thing with access as well the the fact that someone can watch a live show and really feel like they're there it, even if they can't actually physically be in the space is is
0: is great i would love to know is there a sort of a direction or a an activity that you feel as though sustains you and engages you um, when times are tough.
1: I, I really like the idea that um, uh, you need to have balance with it, with everything. So, um, and I know because I married a musician, a producer who is so unbelievably focused. <laughs> um, I, I think it's so important to um, make sure that you are kind of looking after all aspects of yourself so that's your physical being your spiritual being uh you know your mental health and there are so many different ways you can you can do that whether it's going for a walk in the sun or standing outside or um uh, obviously we we're we're on a zoom call but behind me you'll see lots of painting like i'm not a painter but i am a painter because i paint because um it's so it's okay there's no judgment on whether my painting is good or bad it is just what it is and in that moment it gives me some relief on, on on the things that are going around in my head and I think that's really it I think like we said in this day and age it's really easy to get bogged down in thinking that everything has to have a purpose or, or that you have to be unique mm. in the sense that you know the things like reality tv have to be the next big this or that and actually I always say to people that I work with and, and myself that just the doing of, of being creative is, is enough. However however you embody that creativeness, it can be planting things in the garden or making banana bread or you know, wh- whatever it is that you do, don't discount that as actually something that's good for your soul. So as long as you keep feeding that, whatever way works for you and not judging yourself for it, because some days everyone just wants to sit on the sofa and watch telly all day. <laughs> But it's okay. It's like it's all right to, to do that and just listen to yourself and, and and kind of the next day maybe you won't feel like that and you'll want to do something. But yeah, you know, it's really funny because I say that, but I, I beat myself up just as much as everybody else does, you know, thinking I always should be doing more or you know. So I, I'm I'm really a believer in sort of surrounding yourself with positive people that um, that assist you on that journey that don't judge you and just encourage you and I think whatever however that looks at the end of the day then just be thankful for that.
0: Thank you so much for such a fascinating talk it's been really really interesting and best of luck um, with the Arts Council grant. Um, Can people help you out online um, in any other ways apart from engaging with your work at the moment?
1: Yes if people want to um access our crowdfunder they can um it's just crowdfunder.co.uk and then if you put in the boiler room with uh, one r you'll find us um also please check out our streams we have a donate link there as well so you can donate to us um all of our streams are pay what you feel so we have um it starts at nothing and you know we say on our on our donation actually that is kind of on us everyone's had a really tough year so if you haven't got any money or the funds to be able to pay that's great just sit back and enjoy the show you've deserved it we've all deserved it but if you have got a few coppers in your pocket and you want to sling them our way uh you can do and you can donate from five up to 50 pounds um for one of the live streams so um yeah that that's great and actually i just wanted to say as well i was so the other day i received a card through the post from somebody to the venue and normally i go into the venue and i get the post once a week and it's full of great things like bills and (laughs) and you know and things about waste collection or you know do i want a credit card kind of thing and actually someone wrote me as a card from scotland saying um we you know i heard you on radio for i think what you do is brilliant we can't wait for live music to come back Here's 20 quid. Treat yourself to a takeaway and a drink on me. Uh, thanks ever so much,
0: Sean. <laughs> oh, that's the sweetest thing ever. But here,
1: look. I have it. it oh, I have a notice board. Here.
0: Oh. Oh. <laughs> and I was like... That's so yeah. nice. The card reads, what does it say? It says, thank you for being absolutely bloody brilliant.
1: <laughs> and do you know what? Sometimes, like, uh, that stuff too is, you know... Just like I said to you earlier, I think that the, like being kind to people actually mm. uh really touches people as well. I know we do all need money <laughs> to actually survive, but that was priceless for me. And obviously, I've got pounds off
0: as well, which is great. <laughs> what takeaway did you get? You
1: know what? I I still have it in my purse, um oh. <laughs> and I think I'm going to. I know, but you know what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to buy everyone a drink when we get back I'm going to put it towards like the whole team having something um so yeah I, I think it, it, it can be anything you know just um mm. just being nice to someone just can make their day
0: yeah it goes a long way doesn't yeah. it
1: yeah
0: Amazing. well thank you so much for being part of this um it was lovely to speak to you and yeah can't wait to get back down to the boiler room yeah when um, it's happening again
1: yeah thank you very much for having me and yeah I look forward to meeting you in person
0: If you enjoyed the Green Room with GSC, we'd really appreciate it if you could drop us a like or a follow, depending on what platform you're using. These really help us get the word out there. If you'd like, recommend us to a friend or a relative. And do tune in next time. Thanks for listening.